Welcome to Real Talk with Re for mums that want to go from surviving to thriving in motherhood in a neuro-spicy world. We'll be talking about how we can get more organized and minimize stress so that we can avoid burnout, have more quality time with our babies and breathing space in our lives. As a mum of children with autism, we'll be talking about the joys plus the challenges of parenting children on the spectrum. From first noticing the signs of autism through the diagnosis process to strategies to help you and your children stay happy, we're covering it all. As a 40-year-old woman recently diagnosed with ADHD, we'll also be talking about how all too often women and girls are going undiagnosed, why this is a problem, the misconceptions surrounding ADHD, the signs to look out for, and the simple things that we can put in place to make our lives easier. So whether you're a mum or a dad feeling disorganized and over overwhelmed in the fog of parenthood, wondering if you or someone you love may be somewhere on the spectrum or living in a neuro-spicy household, the Real Talk with Re podcast is the place for you. Hi guys, Re here from Real Talk with Re. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we're feeling very festive and yet uh, the the theme of this podcast may initially sound a bit negative because it's things I'm quitting at Christmas or things I have quit at Christmas over the years, but it's positive quitting. It's not giving up kind of quitting. It's things that I no longer do or I'm stopping doing at Christmas because I find it beneficial to my mental health to my stress levels, to my physical health, to my family generally. Um, And hopefully um, some of these things, when you hear me say them, may give you permission to quit them too. You don't need permission, but I think sometimes we feel like we need permission. I know I've felt over the years like I've needed permission to give up some things that were no longer serving me. So without further ado, let's just have a little chat, shall we? Let's, Let's chat about what I have quit or I'm quitting for Christmas. So the first thing is doing Christmas dinner totally from scratch. So preparing every single vegetable. Um, I used to set alarms to get up in the middle of the night to deal with turkey. So we'd perhaps have a drink on Christmas Eve and I'd be up in the middle of the night. This was back when I had small babies that were also getting me up. And I can just remember it not being fun and being incredibly stressful. And I think I felt this pressure for everything to be just so and just perfect from certain individuals that were in my life at the time that are no longer in my life. Um, Felt this pressure from just generally, I think social media, you know, tells this perfect, every Christmas film, doesn't it? They put this perfect turkey down in the middle of the table. It just looks perfect and amazing. And in reality, that's not exactly how it works. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not going to take it away from you. If you love preparing Christmas dinner, that is not something you should quit. If it's something that absolutely lights you up inside and brings you joy, please, please keep doing it. If however, you feel like you've got to prepare this next level Christmas dinner, I'm not suggesting you don't have Christmas dinner at all. We just take some shortcuts, which I'll get to. But um, if you feel that preparing this absolutely, you know, Nigella Lawson level uh Christmas movie worthy, everything done from scratch and perfect while wearing an apron and, you know, just being the the hostess with most of us. If that's stressing you out, it's not going to help you or your family have the best Christmas. So this kind of came around when I was pregnant with Bella, my eldest daughter, my third child. So I was due to have her, let me see, when was my actual due date? Maybe my actual due date was something like the 28th of December. She ended up being born on the 29th, but long story short, 
we could have had to drop anything at any minute to go to hospital, especially since I hadn't been especially well, I had preeclampsia. So it was one of those, are we going to get to have Christmas in inverted commas at all? I already had the two boys, so I was really keen to be home at Christmas. I was really keen that she was not born on Christmas Day. I wanted to have her own day. I didn't want it to be Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I wanted her to have just a plain old day that was just Bella's birthday, which managed. Um, not that you can control that, but you know what I mean. So she she was born on the 29th. Um, anyway, we decided, right, okay, we won't bother doing full-on Christmas dinner like we used to do and preparing everything because it might just sit there and go to waste. We might end up abandoning it halfway through. I was incredibly tired. I was not feeling especially well. So we thought, right, okay, well, we'll just do a cheating Christmas dinner in inverted commas. We'll just buy like Aunt Bessie's frozen stuff and bits from Marks and Spencer's to just bung in the oven and... If we don't get to use it, it doesn't matter. It can stay in the fridge or the freezer. If we get to do it, it's fine. It's no pressure. And then we had a lovely Christmas. It was chilled. And I just thought, why would I go back to doing it that other way? <laughs> Even if I did not have like a potential drop, everything, go to hospital, have a baby kind of moment, which obviously it's not something I'm going to have to do again. But... Even if that's not the case, even if there is not this, oh, we might have to abandon it kind of pressure. Would I rather be sitting on the floor playing with my children and or having a good night's sleep or stuck in the kitchen while everyone else is snacking, drinking, being merry or sleeping while I'm up doing the turkey? And I just decided the answer was I just fancied the chilled option. So I've quit that. I've quit doing the full on extreme dinner for that reason um and also now a lot of the time my husband does a lot of it which he never used to do and um we do it together or he does a lot of it because I have a lot of the pressure of the cognitive load of Christmas leading up to Christmas day so whereas I used to feel like well if I don't make Christmas dinner I'm not going to be you know it doesn't make me a good mum it doesn't make me a good wife well actually I work incredibly hard and I'm not talking about like work work now because he works and I work so but um a lot of the the mental load of Christmas of who's having what and who's who needs this and especially since three of our children have birthdays within six weeks of Christmas we kind of have to do it all together as one thing but I feel incredibly mentally burnt out by the time I've got to Christmas day it's not how I want to feel and I'm working on getting over that but I think a lot of women can um, relate to this. And yes, I know some men take on the responsibilities and things, but I just know um, from looking at my DMs or talking to my friends, statistically, it tends to be the mental load of all that stuff tends to fall on women. And the mental load of making it magical. Has everyone got equal amounts of gifts? Have I bought the right things for everyone? Which size things does everyone need? Um, have I bought everything to prepare Christmas dinner? Have I made sure the children have got costumes for the shows? Have I made sure that all the teachers have got appropriate presents and oh, da, 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 da. It's such a lot. So I used to feel that if I didn't do Christmas dinner myself, I, where I got this story from, I'm guessing it's passed down through family. Um, but if I didn't do it myself, then that wasn't making me a good man, good wife. But actually... Um, I'm going to quit feeling guilty about that because I think I do plenty. So if he's going to either help do Christmas dinner or actually take over so that I can be with the children, um, entertain guests as they're coming in um, and vlog. I do vlog on Christmas Day and I know that's part of my job. 
but also I'm doing that for me. I um, I found a load of footage actually. If you go over on my main channel, my mummy before UK, I'm actually at the time I'm like sitting here making this podcast. I'm trying to export the file to upload it. So at this very moment in time, it's not live, but it should be live um, by the time you you listen to this podcast or you what if you're watching on YouTube. Hello, um, but I strung together all of the clips from over the years. I found some on my phone going back to 2011. There is video from before that, but I don't know where it is. So this is just stuff that's been backed up on my iPhone. But I strung together all of these clips uh, for Christmases over the years, and I turned it into sort of a three and a half hour mega vlog. And I do not care if nobody else watches that. That's for me. That's for the children. Um, it's It was so lovely to have all that footage. So long before I was vlogging, so I started blogging and technically set up my YouTube channel in, what was that, uh, 2017? Um, and I didn't start vlogging properly, as in posting weekly videos till 2019. Um, but before that, so from for all those years before that, I still had quite a lot of footage I just filmed on my phone. And I felt that capturing all of that magic for the children, even though at the time it didn't actually go anywhere, it was just for me. And it's only now it's been kind of packaged up a bit neater so that even my children will watch it. But I feel like that has value too. And that is something important to be doing on Christmas Day for me. Uh, for some people, it might be phones away, don't take any photos or video. For me, I do like to capture that, which is, yes, is beneficial to my job because I vlog and things. But really, for those occasions, that's for me. So I would want to do that even if I never posted another public video ever again. So what I'm trying to say is I'm going to give up the guilt of um, of allowing other people to do things, give up the guilt of not doing every single bit of it myself because I think there is a lot of pressure on us to do that. Anyway, let me know in the, in the comments if you're watching here on YouTube, um, if you feel the same. Um, if you are not watching on YouTube, you're just listening, um, I do also have this podcast as a YouTube video. So please do subscribe to that channel as well so you could just listen along on YouTube. Um, certain things like this, I would just put AirPods in, you know, headphones in and just press play on YouTube. I listen to things like that more than I watch them anyway. I do that with lots of videos actually. Anyway, next things we're giving up. Um, we gave up exchanging gifts with every single person in our lives quite a while ago and we became a little more, um, not discerning, a little more um, conscious about who exchange gifts with and there's a few more people I'm going to have this conversation with this year and I watched something online a good few years ago, I think it was Martin Lewis, the money guy. And he was saying that actually sometimes buying a gift for someone can put them in an awkward position because they've got to buy a gift back. And then that is potentially putting financial burden on them they don't need. So maybe the best gift you can give someone is saying, look, shall we just not buy gifts for each other and just release each other from that burden? And again, if you want to buy gifts for everybody, if that brings you joy, do it. But sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes it can be quite freeing to be released from that. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, I don't know what's going on in my throat there. So um, is there anyone in your life that maybe they've got kids, you've got kids you normally exchange gifts with, or sometimes you're not sure, are you exchanging gifts, you're not exchanging gifts, and then you have to buy things. Have a chat with them um, and see if you can come to an agreement. Um, and maybe they'll be really, really relieved too. Worth a go. Um, we also stopped <coughs> excuse me what is wrong with me I'm coughing so much and I don't tend to edit these podcasts really um other than cutting out pauses so apologies um you're getting you're getting me coughing and splashing through it but it's it's you know hashtag real life um so expensive gifts for adults that's the other thing that we stopped doing quite some time ago because 
For me, Christmas is about the children. Um, obviously, it's different for every family. But for me, the children come first. So the Christmas budget that we do have, that's where I like to spend the majority of it because I just know they're only little for such a short time. And also for us, it is an expensive time of year um, because all the birthdays are just clumped. <laughs> they're clumped around Christmas. I've got my eldest who is very sensibly spaced in July. So I've got like a halfway through the year birthday. Perfect. Um, and then the other three are the last week of December, last couple of days of Jan, first couple of days of February. So what I end up doing is looking at everything they need um, for Christmas and birthdays, kind of putting it on a list and then going, right, Christmas, birthday, Christmas, birthday, and dividing it up. Because the first year I had Will, I did Christmas. I was like, right, great, Christmas is done. Time for his first birthday. And it was like, no ideas, no ideas. They're all gone. They're all taken. So from there on in, that was the system. So if there's anyone that you can release from that burden, or you can perhaps agree a budget for gifts uh, for yourself and your husband perhaps or um certain family members you can just be like right okay if we do we are going to do gifts but we're going to keep it at a set budget and then it just takes the pressure off everybody a little bit christmas cards now this one this one might feel controversial because so many people still love writing christmas cards and if you do if you love it please keep doing it but again this one came about the year that i was pregnant with bella there was a lot going on in our lives um i was just so big i could barely move <laughs> I felt so unwell. Um, William was coming up to three and I don't think he'll mind me saying he was a little bit of a handful. Just absolutely lush, but busy and um, just, yeah, busy. I think busy is the best word. Um, so he was very busy. We very sadly lost my grandmother to cancer. And when she was diagnosed, I think I was maybe only just pregnant with Bella when she was diagnosed, but the kind of the prognosis was we were going to lose her in a couple of years. And um, she was gone by the end of November and Bella was due end of December. So there was not, it was not something that when she was diagnosed that I thought that she wouldn't get to meet Bella. Um, so that was very, very sad because she just adored my boys so much. And she would, I'm going to start tearing up now. She would have, um, she would have loved Bella so much. And Zara just, she would have laughed and laughed at them because they are very funny. And she did just used to smile and laugh at my children all the time. Um, anyway, she died end of November. Um, so it seemed that, uh, the right thing to do for me was to not write Christmas cards anymore. And I was just going to donate to cancer research instead. And since then, that's what I've done. So I'd send out a text, put something out on social media and just say, I'm not doing Christmas cards this year. Here's a nice photo of my children in a Santa hat. And, um, Instead, the money that I would have spent on Christmas cards is being donated to a charity. Um, so that is something you can do that helps on lots of levels. It frees up your time and bandwidth. Um, it's less actual stuff for someone else to have to, you know, deal with the mail, the incoming mail of cards. I don't know, maybe you love cards. If you love cards, I'm not taking cards away from you. By all means, keep doing them. But it was always something that stressed me out. It was always a chore to have to do. So that really has helped me as like a Christmas free myself from it kind of burden. There is so much to do in December anyway, isn't there? Just so much to do. The other thing that I've kind of quit doing at Christmas, um, and I did it for so many years, was being the one every time to do the class collection for teacher gifts. And I always felt like I wanted to do it because I'm so genuinely grateful and thrilled 
about how amazing the teachers are in my children's school. Like, I cannot praise them highly enough. They've done so much for my children. I know it's their jobs, but they go above and beyond. Honestly, hats off to them. So I always felt like I wanted to do something to say thank you. So I would do the class collection. I ended up doing it for three classes every year for a good number of years. And that was quite a lot of pressure. And initially, people would just really like, Ree, thanks so much for doing this. And I would just buy vouchers. In fact, I used to buy Debenhams vouchers because I figured... There were so many Debenhams across the country and it worked for male teachers, female teachers. You could get whatever, you know, it just seemed to make sense. So I used to buy Debenhams vouchers and then I would perhaps, I think like, I don't know, um, a card which I would get all like a, I do Funky Pigeon or something and I would get all the class names for everyone that had donated and copy and paste into the cards and, and photo and name the teacher and all the things. So it was... I was glad to do it because I was so grateful to the teachers. But then there were some people that were like, oh, shouldn't we be doing it? Shouldn't we be supporting local businesses? Shouldn't we be doing this? And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to step back from doing this and let someone else have a turn now. Um, and yes, it's lovely to support local businesses. Yes, it's lovely to to choose personal things. But I just felt that whenever we did hand over the collection, which turned into vouchers for the teachers, they were so like, wow, this like obviously added up to quite a lot. So everyone donated a small amount and it added up to quite a lot so quite a lot of children and they always seemed really grateful for that because as teachers obviously they get and chime in in the comments if you're a teacher but um as teachers I think you can probably accrue quite a lot of teacher merch type gifts which are very lovely and very thoughtful but equally how big is your house you know to, to fill with with all this stuff um whereas if you've got a voucher for something you can go and choose something for yourself then that's quite a treat. So that, that was kind of my, always my take on it. Um, and then people wanted to choose locally sourced things and artwork for teachers' houses and things. And I just thought that is such a big decision to choose something like that for other people's homes. Um, and that's such a big, it just, I felt like that was an extra layer of responsibility for me to choose things like that on behalf of the group. So I was just like, do you know what? I'll step back from doing it. So some years I've contributed to other people doing the class collections and things, and that's been fine. And other years I've actually found it less pressure to, and in fact, it's not been much cheap, much more expensive either, to just buy gifts from my own children for the teachers because I always ended up putting in a bit of my extra, own extra money because I'd buy the thing and then I'd put in a bit extra money to buy wrapping and whatever anyway. So in a way, I, stepping back from doing that has freed up so much bandwidth. I can still get something for the teachers myself if I wish to. So we either contribute to say to the class thing, which sometimes I do that. Sometimes it's literally easier just to, to give the teachers chocolate and Prosecco, which I always feel can't go far wrong because even if they don't eat chocolates or drink Prosecco it's the kind of thing you need to have in your home at Christmas isn't it to give to guests so anyway that's something that um I did quit doing I did it for a long time I was always the person I had a separate bank account for collecting money just for teacher things just for full transparency but equally it's all right to let someone else have a go it is it's definitely all right to let someone else have a turn at doing that so the other thing I have stopped doing is last minute Christmas shopping. I really do try and start Christmas shopping as early as possible in the year. Um, and I think the most of it I end up getting done is around about Black Friday. So um, that's definitely, definitely worth doing. I know by the time you're listening to that, we've kind of missed the boat on all that. But last minute Christmas shopping is so stressful. And especially 
most specifically for food. So I always try and make sure I get a really early deliver. Um, sorry, I book really early for a Christmas delivery slot. But the other thing that I have done already is buy a frozen turkey and all the frozen veg. So if for some reason we decide we're going to try and pick up some like really nice bits from Marks and Spencers or whatever, if we can't get there because the queues are mad or someone is ill or whatever, it doesn't matter. We can still have our basic Christmas dinner, the, the one that we talked about at the beginning, but it doesn't matter. It takes that pressure off and I find that really, really helps. Um, as an aside, this isn't exactly something I'm quitting, but it's definitely something that I do. Um, and that is put spare presents under the tree. So if you are not sure about who may show up with gifts or whatever, just wrap or put in a gift bag, some quality treats, some roses, whatever, some Prosecco, bang it under the tree, maybe some generic kids gifts, um, things that your children would use or would go into a present box if you don't end up using them under the tree. But pop those things under the tree and that way if someone shows up as a little unexpected, ah, then you've got something to give them. So not exactly in line with my theme of this podcast, but I just thought I'd chuck that one in there. Um, the main thing I am attempting to give up, and I've given up so many things I've talked about today, but I'm still kind of working on this one, still doing my best. Um, and that's just giving up the the pressure, giving up the pressure to uh, sort of hang out in the comparison trap, really. Trying to give up feeling guilty for not being perfect trying to give up the pressure of is it magical enough is it magical enough because I just think I need to look back and think well the children have always felt it's quite magical up till now so why won't it be this year so I'm going to try and give myself a break this Christmas and trying to take off the uh, gas off on the pressure trying to um, feel less stressed and pressured by the whole season less comparison um, less looking online and thinking oh I'm not doing as well as that I'm going to try, and in fact, that's something I need to try and do all year, to be honest. I think we all do. So thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Real Talk with Re. Make sure if you're listening on the podcast that you are liking. No, not liking. What do you need to do? You need to comment. No, not comment. That's YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're on the, oh, rate and review. Rate and review in the podcast thing. If you can really do that, really, really helps to support the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And the biggest thing you could do if you want to um, really, really help is share, tag me in stories, Real Talk with Repodcast uh, or Mummy of Four UK. And I will share that over on Instagram, share it with your friends, send it to someone you think would enjoy it. And that would be amazing. I will send you virtual wine and chocolates uh, all day long for that. Thank you so much. So I shall speak to you and next week. Merry Christmas.